Hello and welcome to the ESP Tipcast, episode 116. Time to relax that seven-day training week. Hey folks, it is now the end of February, hard to believe. Uh, two months into the new year, and I'm already recovering from an illness. So I actually have to be for- fortunate. Uh, I managed to dodge several uh, illnesses, including a pretty nasty stomach virus that went around my entire neighborhood. Uh, picked up a little cold, and then that turned into either a mild flu or something flu-like, whatever it is. After uh, four weeks of really solid training, last week was kind of a bust, but uh, just starting to get back on my feet, getting ready for the racing season, finally wrapping my head around things, and uh, I'm going to be talking about kind of my progress over the, the, the spring and kind of tying it into some some tip cast stuff, but suffice it to say, I've decided to definitely head out to Waco, Texas to do the off-road national championships in June, and definitely feeling a little bit behind the eight ball, uh, but that actually relates to my podcast because one, one of the things that I'm trying to do particularly this year, is really break the cycle of the seven-day work week, seven-day training week that I think so many of us are attached to. And I really see that even in my own training, it often just results in, in at, at best, kind of sloppy training, kind of just, just uh, falling into patterns, looking at the weekly numbers, kind of feeling like I've always got to hit a certain amount of training in a given week. And the fact is, is that that seven-day week is just not realistic for, I think, from a training standpoint. It's just not realistic. And it ignores physiologically our adaptive process, okay? And so, and and this is my general kind of feeling based on years of, of both coaching and training, is that we often feel like so, somehow on Monday morning we have hit the reset button or should hit the reset button or you know something gets reset and then we start over. And realistically, we carry a lot of that into the next week. And if we look at all, all of our empirical data right now, especially with the power meters and this idea of acute training load, chronic training load, training stress balance, is that what we can very clearly see is that there's a flow. That there, there's a flow of how our fitness builds, and it's more of a, a, a chronic buildup. Now, if we look at uh, more of the health and fitness side of things, and we look at cardiovascular disease, or we look at diabetes, we know that exercise, while we'd like to think that we adapt to exercise and somehow we, we transform the body, in reality, um, in many cases, exercise is kind of this repeated stressor, okay? And if we take away the stressor for any given amount of time, we quickly revert, okay? And we see this particularly with diabetes. If you don't exercise every three, four, probably five days, your risk of developing diabetes, your, your relative risk, really starts to creep back up to where it is for a sedentary person. Now, 
there are a lot of other factors that go into diabetes, but it just goes to show that we have to constantly stay on exercise. There's no kind of take take a uh, you know a dose of exercise and then you know take a month off. Okay, and we know that. So when we're thinking about the seven day work week, we want to really just think about what is the, you know, kind of the limit in between training sessions and how can we adapt our training to it? Uh, The other thing that that seven-day work week really hampers us on is recovery, okay? And a lot of times we get into this trap of, you know, seven days a week, I got to hit my three runs, I got to hit my three rides, I got to hit my three swims, uh, or I got to hit my intervals twice this week uh, in order to make progress over time. And, And that's just nonsense, okay? Because what happens is that we exceed our optimal training load. And we really want to try to stay in kind of an optimal load so we don't go too far over that so we can continue to adapt. Along those same lines, it reduces our training quality. And so we want to make sure that every training session is accomplishing what it needs to be. Now, some some training sessions can be conducted fatigued and and that's okay. But if you're really trying to do an interval session and get the most out of it, you've got to make sure that you're recovering properly. And then the last thing is that it just limits our ability to plan. I have a very hard time both trying to plan my own training schedule and somebody else's training schedule when they're rigidly locked in to that seven-day work week. So we really want to try to find a way to loosen that up. So here are my tips for trying to kind of break out of that seven-day work week. And the first thing is you've got to identify workouts that you can't change, okay? The workouts that you are, are, are really stuck with for better or for worse. And I'll give you an example, okay? And the main example is that does this workout require external resources like a pool? And this is one of the, you know, the constraints that I have with my own training is that I have to swim on certain days of the week. I can't swim on Tuesdays and I can't swim on Thursdays realistically based on both my work schedule and my travel schedule because I've got to get back home um, because I don't work in the same city. So that that means I've got to swim either on a, a Monday, a Wednesday, a Friday, or a Sunday. And what's been working out best for me so far this spring is swimming on Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. Mondays are tough because I've got to drive back to my job and I've got a lot of stuff to balance. And I can swim on Monday, but it takes a little bit more planning. So I tend to fall into that Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, but sometimes I can't make all those workouts and it's not a big deal. Case, case in point, I've got a break coming up here and I'm going to miss my Sunday workout. Uh, but you, you, you want to try to identify those workouts that require an external resource or, um, you know, that are interfered with by travel, family, work. Okay, and we realize that some workouts can't change. So for swimming, that's it. Now you want to go and identify your training objectives or your focus for that week, or maybe the 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 training block that you're in two or three weeks, and identify the key session or two in that seven day week. Okay, what is the session that you really know you've got to get done, or maybe it might be two interval sessions. All right, you got to identify those. Now, you build everything else around it, okay? So I know that Wednesday and Friday is definitely going to be my swim day and then probably Sunday. 
I can easily build the rest of my training around it. And if you look at your training schedule, what you will generally find is that the rest of the days of the week are very flexible. Okay, so going back to that adaptive process of the body, there really is a myth about kind of the frequency and volume. There's no rule that says that you have to run three or four days a week or you have to do your long run every single week. Uh, and, and there have been plenty of ar ar articles on the long run um, or the long bike ride on that topic. Basically, you're trying to look at how am I going to structure my training so I don't start detraining? And really, you have a three, maybe a four-day window. I don't like to go past four days. But if you've got three days in between two training sessions, like you know, you bike on a Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are off, and then you bike on Friday. If you have a three-day window, you're really not going to lose much. Are you going to gain a ton? No. But again, this is life. We're not professional athletes. Um, so you got three or four-day window to work with. So if I know that I've got a really hectic week and maybe I only get in two runs, I make sure that I strategically place those runs. So I might do a run on Tuesday and I'll do a run on maybe Friday or Saturday. And then going into the next week, I plan accordingly so that I make sure that I hit my run on Monday or Tuesday. So I never have more than a three-day block in between, and I can usually limit that to two days, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, you know, and two workouts in a week um, are, are, are definitely going to be enough, especially if you're alternating. And that's the other thing I want to say, is that some weeks I might run twice a week, and then the following week I'll run four times in that week and I'll up my frequency. And again, you'll see that your recovery and all that stuff kind of flows together. The other thing that you can do is you can simply insert in a very short workout, a maintenance workout. If you know that you've got three or four days in between, can't really get a good workout in, just put in a little ride or a little run or a little swim and you can actually attenuate any fitness losses. Hey folks, that's it for TipCast 116. Remember, you can find out more information on me at www.espanswers.com. You can also email me at esppodcast at gmail.com. That's esppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can donate to the podcast, help us support it. Again, uh, you can catch me through PayPal if you click on the button at esppanswers.com. It'll take you over to PayPal and you can make your donation. Five, ten, fifteen, a million dollars. Go for it. Remember, folks, if you're not thinking ahead, you're falling behind. Later.